0: family and relationships can be a challenge and we have some answers for you right here on 95.3 fm and knelradio.com join me debbie rule every sunday from 6 to 7 p.m for at home with debbie rule this week on the program we'll be talking about stay home spring cleaning so don't miss this opportunity to learn more about how to get the clutter out and bring the spring in this sunday at six o'clock right here on 95.3 fm and knelradio.com i'll see you then Good morning and welcome to the Network Live. I'm your host, Debbie Rule. Today we'll be continuing our Prophecy Series with Perry Stone. Today, the second part, When Prophecies Collide. Hope you enjoy this message from Perry Stone.
1: Welcome to this very special prophetic update. I have preempted my Israel programming and the teaching on it to bring you some very special prophetic messages. This one is called When Prophecies Collide. What do I mean by when prophecies collide? Pay careful attention to what I'm going to share with you because this is very important that you track with me in this entire message. For throughout history, there have been seasons when the prophetic word would be fulfilled. We find, for example, that Jesus uh, came from the creation of Adam at about 404 BC, somewhere in that time frame. And during that time frame, there were different prophecies being fulfilled for the nation of Israel, for their Babylonian captivity, prophecies relating to the Exodus, all of what we call the Old Testament predictions related to Israel and the Hebrew people, and also the city of Jerusalem. Now, when we come into what we call the New Testament era, there were numerous prophecies that were fulfilled concerning the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And when Jesus came, they all began to collide together at one time. Now, before his arrival, you'd get get a word, a word, a word, a prophetic word, a prophetic word, a vision from a prophet, but it didn't all come together. But when the time came, And the Bible says it this way, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem mankind. So there had to be something called the fullness of time. Now the Bible says in Ephesians chapter one, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, that he might gather together in Christ all things, which are both in heaven and earth, even unto him. This gathering together, of course, is identified by a theological word that's not found in the Bible, but it's a theological word called rapture, or the catching away of the saints of God to heaven and the resurrection of the dead in Christ, found in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, 17. So watch carefully what I'm going to say. When Jesus was born of the virgin, and the Bible says in Isaiah seven fourteen, a virgin would conceive and bear a son and call his name Emmanuel. From that moment on, something began to happen. Micah said he would be born in the city of Bethlehem. He was, he was born of a virgin. That's another p- prophecy that was fulfilled. And then when we come into uh, the ministry of Jesus Christ, there were numerous prophecies related to John the Baptist in the book of Malachi, I didn't call him by name, but told what he would do. And uh, the voice of one crying in the wilderness in Isaiah preparing the way of the Lord. And so all of a sudden the prophecies began to layer upon one another. They begin to build upon one another. And it's, it's the building of the prophecies that helps you to understand the seasons that we're in. Now, let's talk about the types of prophetic seasons right now. There are two types of prophetic seasons. One is called stepping stones. A stepping stone is not necessarily a fulfillment, but they are events that are going to lead to a fulfillment. And then there's what's called milestones. Milestones are uh, events that are a direct fulfillment of the prophecy. For example, Isaiah 66, a nation being born at once. That was fulfilled in May 14, 1948, with Israel becoming a nation. The Book of Jeremiah talks about the Jews returning from the North Country. That has been fulfilled from 1988 to our present time, where Jews have returned from Russia and fulfilled a literal direct prophecy. So they're stepping stones and milestones. Now, what is the prophetic season? Because if you follow my ministry, whether it's on uh, Facebook uh, Live or or, or uh, our YouTube channel. If you follow our ministry, you will know I talk a lot about prophetic seasons. And I want to define for you, and I'm mean what a prophetic season is. It's a moment in time in history when God enacts, enacts events that bring to pass what He has spoken. And I want you to look at that again. A moment in history when God enacts events to bring to pass what he has spoken. Now, let me give an example from the Bible of some of the major prophetic seasons that have happened. First of all, there was the Exodus of the Israelites, 600,000 men, not counting women and children, leaving Egypt and coming back to the promised land. That was a fulfillment of Genesis chapter 15, verses 13 through 14, where God told Abraham that was going to happen. One of the second big examples is what we call the conquest of Jericho. The conquest of Jericho is predicted that they would take the land and have to take the cities. Moses tells them this, but it was also a fulfillment of Genesis 15, 13 through 14 and also predicted by Moses. Now, many years later, there was the Babylonian captivity where the Jews went 70 years into Babylon fulfilling the prophecy of Jeremiah 23, 17 and Jeremiah 25, 11 through 12. Now, another 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 example was the birth and crucifixion of Jesus, what we call the Messianic prophecies. And two chapters that you can read in the Old Testament that really deal with this very powerfully is Psalms chapter 22, the suffering Messiah, and Isaiah chapter 53, which again, verses about one through verse eight, deals with the suffering Messiah. Now, these are events that have already happened, but as the time came close to the particular event to happen, things begin to emerge and things begin to collide and come together, come together to as a sign to the people this is literally about to happen. Now, this is important that everybody hears me. This is a real word from the Lord. Satan sets his attacks around prophetic season. Satan sets his attacks around prophetic seasons. It is not always Satan himself. Satan can use what's called a prince spirit or a principality or even demonic activity to work through people. Remember this, principalities work through personalities. Demonic uh, spirits work through people. Now, let's look at this very carefully. And I'm gonna go back to some of these things that we talked about just a moment ago to show you something. The resistance from Satan He resisted Moses by using Korah in Numbers chapter 16 to challenge Moses' authority. And he also allowed or or motivated Achan, who was from the tribe of Judah, to sin and hold back the Babylonian golden garment in Joshua chapter 7. So we see these resistance caused by Satan in the time of Moses and Joshua. He also resisted the rebuilding of the temple. If you'll read Zechariah 3, Satan himself showed up on the temple mount to resist the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem. And also think about this. We're talking about how that the prophecies were fulfilled with the birth and crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. Notice how that before Christ was born, Satan brought, uh, put it in the heart of Herod to allow Children to be killed under two years of age by Roman soldiers in the area of Ramah, which is a 10 mile radius around Bethlehem. Now think about the number of children that died. We don't even know the numbers according to scripture, but but it happened. Then notice this, that when Christ began his ministry, Satan tries to motivate the people of Nazareth with jealousy and confusion to push Jesus off a cliff, down a cliff and kill him. And then we also find that in his ministry, there were storms that almost took the boat down, but God spared him. We find in the Garden of Gethsemane, his sweat becomes as great, drops of blood. So my point is that all throughout the ministry of Jesus, we sometimes don't see this until we study it. The adversary, Satan, and his forces did everything to disrupt, totally disrupt whatever God's plan was that Satan was unfamiliar with, of course, in the redemptive process that God had planned from the foundation of the world. Now, here's what's something interesting, and this is very important. I keep telling people, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You need to have the anointing and the power of God operating in your life because the only way that the righteous are going to be able to survive the times that are coming is to have discernment in their spirit to know not only what's good and bad, not only who's real and not real, not not just that, but to be able to discern what is coming. The Lord does nothing, the Bible says, unless he reveals it first to his servants, the prophets. Now, I'm not into everybody running around saying, I'm a prophet and I'm a prophetess, because if you have a gift from God, it speaks for itself and you don't have to advertise who or what you are. But I wanna say this to you, that Simeon and Anna were two older people, but they knew the Messiah had been revealed when they stepped into the temple and saw Mary and Joseph with the infant Jesus, because the spirit of God revealed it to them. Jesus rebuked the religious leaders of his day, mainly the Pharisees, and said, You can observe the weather and know what it's going to be, but you cannot even discern the signs of the time. Uh, Jesus even began to uh, predict the destruction of Jerusalem in the year. uh, He didn't give the year, but in the year about 32, 33 A.D., he began to tell them, When you are in Judea, and especially in the city, that would be Jerusalem, and you see it beginning to get surrounded, get out and flee, get out and flee, and go to the the mountains and get away. Some people are not aware of this, but prior to the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD, according to the early church fathers, an angel appeared to the elders in the city of Jerusalem and said, now it's time to get out and told them where to go, they fled to Pela, which is on the other side of the Jordan River in the country of Jordan, And Christians were given asylum and they built a strong Christian community when the temple was being destroyed in the city of Jerusalem. So what happened is God made a distinction between the people that were, they were rebels and they were rebelling against the Roman government. He made a distinction between them and the people who knew God had a covenant with Jesus Christ and he gave them a way out. He gave them a way to be free and a way to be delivered. So we have to discern, for example, cosmic activity We have to discern when something happens, is is it a just a natural disaster or is it a possible selective judgment? And nobody, nobody wants to talk about judgment. Here's the reason why, because they see bad things happening to good people and bad things happening to bad people. And so they don't discern it as judgment. <clears throat> as a matter of fact, if you ever bring the word up, you're ostracized and criticized. And you know, when Jeremiah warned the Jews of his day, he told the Hebrew people, he said, the Babylonians are coming. They're gonna wipe this place out. You're gonna have a terrible famine. He prophesied almost 40 years and they wanted to kill him and they stuck him in a dungeon with mud because he was negative and they didn't wanna hear what he had to say. Now, American people, you better pay attention to this preacher. It is time for you to turn your heart completely back to God. It is time to get your life out right with God, it's time to get your house in order and begin to seek the face of the Lord. Now, one of the things that you need to be aware of is the release of angel activity during the seasons that we're now in. Now in Daniel chapter 10, Daniel had been fasting for 21 days seeking God and he couldn't get an answer to prayer. So the angel of God showed up and said, I was coming the first day, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia has withstood me or restrained me for 21 days. And I am now come to bring you the answer to your prayer. So an angel had to get involved to bring help to a man of God. In Exodus 23, 33, the Lord says this, mine angel shall go before you. And the angel went before Israel for 40 years. In Joshua chapter five and verse 15, it it says that the captain of the Lord's host, which was an angel over the armies of God, literally came to help Israel conquer Jericho. In Daniel 10, Gabriel. We also read in Daniel, in the earlier parts of Daniel, the angel Gabriel. We read in Daniel chapter 10 and chapter 12, the archangel Michael is dealing with battles against the powers of darkness while Daniel is living in Babylon. In Matthew uh, chapters one and two, you see the angel Gabriel. The angel Gabriel appears to Zacharias. The angel Gabriel appears to Mary, Uh, There are angel choirs singing. There are, uh, Joseph is having a dream from angels of how to protect himself as Herod is about to come after the children and how they're to go to Egypt and so on. So my point is that in prophetic seasons and when prophecies are colliding, we have to remember there will be an increase in spiritual warfare and it is in order. Now, we don't pray to angels. We don't try to name every angel and you know, that's not Bible. But we can ask god the father to send angelic assistance just the way daniel did just the way the three hebrew boys did in the fiery furnace we can ask god to send help and strength in the times in which we're living in sometimes we forget this we forget that they're more with us than against us second kings chapter 6 16 i have often said this If the Bible in Revelation 12 teaches us that one third of the angels fell with Satan, that's two thirds that didn't. So for every demonic power that exists, there's two angels on your side and they make the majority anytime. Now, please listen to me. Prayer must be intensified during this major prophetic season that we're in. Now pay careful attention to what happened and how these individuals prayed. Moses did 240 days of intercession to stop God from destroying Israel. Two times he went up to the mountains for 40 days. Once was to receive the law, then he broke the law and had to go back up and receive it again. But he told God, don't take them. If you're going to take them, take me. So intercession saved Israel. The Babylonian captivity, Daniel chapter uh, 10, for 21 days, a hindering spirit tried to stop Daniel's prayer. But Daniel persisted and did not quit in praying and fasting and seeking God. Jesus Christ was for three, three hours in agony in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was in a complete battle over the will of God. It was a tough time because his sweat became as it were great drops of blood. But please notice in every one of these cases Moses and his trying to get the children of Israel to the Promised Land to fulfill the prophecy, the Babylonian captivity where the Jews were going to return after 70 years and Daniel is praying about it, Christ knowing that he has to follow the will of God to the cross, in every example, It took deep, heavy intercession. And I want to tell you something that American people are good at. American people are good at sitting down with a cup of coffee and talking about the problem. And they will watch the news all day long, sit down and talk about the problem and say, what are we going to do and do little praying? This is why we opened up a world prayer center in Cleveland, Tennessee at the T.L. Lowry Global Foundation Center that in the month of April opened up. And we're now praying every Thursday night from six o'clock to seven o'clock worldwide on the internet. People's prayer requests come up on screens and hundreds of people are praying for people. You know why? Because we have to learn to pray in the time of the end. In Luke 18, it says in the parable that when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And when I see people in covenant with God who are totally fearful, totally afraid and looking to the world for their solutions, then I understand what Jesus was saying. It is no time to fall into fear, for the Bible said God has not given us the spirit of fear. Perfect love casteth out fear. It's time to get in the Word. It's time to pray. It's time to put on that worship music and get your mind and spirit renewed. Now, this is important to understand, however. Violent attacks come during prophetic seasons. Uh, And look how men changed at these seasons. In the days of Noah, here's what it says, the earth was filled with violence and the imaginations of men was evil continually, Genesis chapter eight. In Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot put two angels that looked like men in his house and closed the door. And the men of Sodom literally tried to beat the door down and threatened to have physically abuse Lot if he did not turn those two men over to him. That's in Genesis chapter 19. Before the Babylonian captivity, any prophet like Jeremiah that was prophesying trouble coming, get right with God, turn yourself around. Instead of receiving the warning, they tried to kill him. Jeremiah not only survived those death threats, but when the Babylonians came, guess what? He did not go into captivity. Ah, look at that. He was allowed to stay in the land and he even took a title deed for land and buried it in a jar so future generations of his family would know it. Now, Christianity right now is the most persecuted religion on the face of the earth. And the reason is Our leader is not in a tomb somewhere. Our leader, Jesus Christ, is alive. And Satan knows that and he hates that. Now, let me say something to you. When it got bad in the Roman Empire, what did the early Christians do? Now, Paul wrote uh, in the book of Hebrews about, Jewish people, they were Hebrew people that had received Christ, but they were being persecuted and some were trying to go back to the temple rituals and to all those different things that were under the old covenant. And Paul said, you can't do that because the blood of Jesus is the final uh, authority of your redemption. But there was persecution that came in the early church. Paul was beheaded. Peter was beheaded. Eleven of the twelve original apostles uh, died martyrs, eliminate Judas and put the man that took his place in Acts chapter 1. The only one that did not die a martyr who died in old age was the apostle John. And that may be because he was so full of love that the love was a hedge uh, with God for him. I don't know. I'm just saying that. But Paul wrote in 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 3, Therefore I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, watch this, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Now, supplications means to seek for your supply. This is a prayer that you pray in need, in a time of need. Then there are prayers that are called prayers. They're they're general prayers. These are the prayers of of worship and thanksgiving and just basically talking to God about your love for him, etc. And there's also intercessions. Now, intercession is when you're dealing with a specific situation and you're standing in a gap to change a situation. Uh, m- many times, these are what I call national prayers. Now I want to ask a question. If you have someone who is killing people, torturing people, martyring people, which there are leaders in the Middle East and even in China that have done this, and you never hear about it on the news, is it ever right to pray for God to remove a person who is committing abominations and hindering the gospel, and hindering the faith? And the answer is yes. In Revelation 6, 9 through 10, when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they had. And they cried with a loud voice saying, O Lord, how long, uh, O Lord, holy and true, will you judge and avenge our blood on those that dwell upon the earth? Now, they're asking God for, for him, to avenge them in Revelation chapter 6 through 10. Now in Revelation 17 and 6 in the future tribulation, Babylon, a major city is completely destroyed and God says I destroyed it to avenge the blood of the martyrs that for centuries have been martyred by this particular group Now, other examples are Matthew chapter 2, when God judged Herod for killing the infants. He died a horrible death in Jericho, and you can read about that in the writings of Josephus. In Acts chapter 12, another Herod beheaded a man of God by the name of James and was going to kill Peter, but Peter escaped supernaturally. And that Herod, uh, some weeks later, died, and Josephus says he died of worms coming out of his intestines, a very painful and horrible death. Now, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I shall repay. We are not to take vengeance or pray or or personally. We are to ask God for his help and ask God, God, judge those who are persecuting your people. Judge those who are stopping the gospel from being preached that your gospel may have freedom. Paul, on one occasion in Acts 23, 2 through 3, did something very bold. It says, And Ananias commanded those who stood by Paul to strike him on the mouth. Then Paul said to him God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. For you sit to judge me according to the law and, you, and do you command, uh, command me to be struck contrary to the law? Now this was the high priest and Paul didn't realize it. He was rebuked for railing on the high priest. So he said, you know what? I did not know you were a high priest because it is written, you should not speak evil of the ruler of your people. And that's, that's so that you don't uh, you know, come under a curse. So five years later, however, this high priest got in an argument with his son and had to end up hiding in an aqueduct where he was about to get slain. Three things I want to tell you. Romans 15, 5, God is patient. 2 Peter 3:9, God is long-suffering. 2 Peter 3:9, it is not God's will that any should perish. We should not be praying for judgment to come to anyone. We should be praying for their salvation because God is long-suffering. And that means he waits long for people to turn to him. Ladies and gentlemen, in the season that we're in, it's an opportune time to teach people Bible prophecy. Even sinners want to know. They want to know the future. You know, on our special offer, a brand new book that's not in any bookstores anywhere. It's only available through the ministry, Secrets of the Third Heaven.
2: Do you know the many secrets of paradise, the temporary home of the spirits and souls that have died in Christ, which is located in the third heaven? Harry Stone in his latest book, Secrets of the Third Heaven, delves into some of the most interesting, in-depth, and mysterious questions ever asked about the third heaven. As a believer, can you answer these questions? At death, do all children go to heaven? Can God show you the actual day and hour when you will die? What is the difference between the human soul and spirit? Do departed saints now in heaven pray for those living on earth? In heaven, how will we communicate with people from different nations? What happens if your name is not written in the book of life? When your spirit leaves your body at death, are you naked or clothed? How is time counted in paradise and are they aware of earthly events? Will a person's body be raised from dust at the resurrection? Will we remember family members in hell once we die and enter paradise? Do infant spirits age in heaven? Do they go to the same paradise as adults? Can a person repent of sins once their spirit is out of their body? These questions, along with more unusual and difficult questions concerning death, angels, heaven, and paradise, are answered in Perry's latest 220-page book, Secrets of the Third Heaven. This book is filled with stunning true stories and amazing biblical word studies. This offer also includes the two-audio CD teaching, Standing at the Bema. You will one day stand face to face with Christ at a judgment called the Bema, What will you be judged for, and how will you answer Christ when He exposes the idle words you spoke and your actions on earth? This two-hour teaching will explain from beginning to end what to expect and how you will be rewarded or stand ashamed. Perry's revelatory book and this informative audio teaching are available for your gift of just $35 or more. Call toll-free 1-888-21-BREAD, that's 1-888-212-7323 or order online at perrystone.org. You may also write Perry Stone, PO Box 3595, Cleveland, Tennessee 37320. When ordering, ask for offer TH135 and enclose your gift of $35 or more. If you have questions, this book and audio teaching has the answers. Order your set today.
1: This brand new offer is not available in any bookstore. It is only available through our ministry right now at this time. Secrets of the Third Heaven and the two CD audio album, Standing at the Judgment, the beam of the Judgment Seat of Christ. Um, for just a moment, let me talk about the Bema because, and by the way, I hope you get this material while it's available brand new. The Bema is a very interesting subject because in the New Testament, the apostle Paul wrote a lot about it and he mentioned the judgment seat of Christ, and that is the Greek word Bema. The Bema was a platform that was raised in which the judges would sit on the platform and the person would come to receive their reward for, let's say, the Olympics or the running games or the baton games, whatever the case may be. But in the scripture, uh, Paul talks about the fear of experiencing the Bema Seat. And there's some scriptures in the Bible, and I'll be very honest with you, these are very thought-provoking and yes, fearful scriptures when you consider them. Every idle word shall a person give an account for on the day of judgment. Things that have been done, things that have been spoken, whether whether good or bad, it says. So you're rewarded for the good, and you can lose rewards when it comes to the bad. And the Bible even talked about, don't be ashamed at his coming. And I thought about how would a a believer be ashamed at the coming of the Lord? And I believe it would be the fact of not doing what you should have done for Christ, of wasting your time and your money, never giving, never supporting anything. And you realize I'm headed to face Christ face to face and give an account. And that's the word that's used to give an account. So, folks, this is something that you're not going to escape If you're a Christian, everyone's gonna have to do it individually and you need to know what to do, what's gonna happen and what to expect. And so I hope that you'll learn this through the teaching that we're gonna present through our resource at this particular time. Many of you know that uh, the situations globally right now are very intense and that's why we're doing these prophetic updates. And you know, the thing that keeps coming back to me is Jesus warned about pestilences in diverse places. But I want to tell you something very quickly. When the plague hit Israel and people were dying, Aaron stood between the dead and the living. He was right there where the plague was, and he was right there where nobody was experiencing it. And with censers, which had incense in it that represented prayers, he interceded and stood in the gap to stop the plague. It is really time for people to repent. It's really time for people to seek God and turn to God. Because these types of things are going to become more common in the days ahead. We're not in the tribulation, but can you imagine what it'll be like when those days arrive? Aren't you glad we have hope in Jesus Christ and his return one day? Please get our material. Go to perrystone.org to keep up with us. God bless you.
0: If you would like more information about being a guest on The Network Live, contact us at thenetworklive.org. The Network Live will be back next week at 10 a.m. right here on KNEO Radio 95.3 FM and KNEORadio.com. I'm Debbie Rule. Thank you for listening today.